All right, we have been, we're kind of going off of uh, a theme for this year, his kingdom come, his will be done. And in that, for his kingdom to come in our lives, because it, there's, there's the part of his kingdom coming um, you know, globally for the return of Jesus, there's that kingdom coming, but there's also his kingdom coming inside of us and his will being done inside of us. And that takes you and I being set apart. It doesn't just happen accidentally. It's something where we have a major role to play in that. And it's not out of striving and, and like gritting it through. It's really about surrender and surrendering our time and surrendering ourselves to allow God to come and do his work and being set apart. So we started out this year uh, with the 365 reading plan. The idea is to read through 365 key chapters of the Bible and uh, just in bite-sized pieces so that it is doable for every single one of us here. Uh, each one of us should be able to find time to read. I'm a very slow reader, but we can still find time to read one chapter a day and just allow the word to get inside of us and to think through it. And even, you know, some of those chapters where we're like, what in the world was going on? Like, this is just messed up. This is weird. This, this just, I don't get it. To get in there and begin to Really, like, find the character of God in the scripture to see what was God up to in that. We're also going through a 21-day pursuit uh, through a book called Starving and really just looking at setting aside different things in our daily habits and lives to pursue Jesus, to get closer, because we want more of him in our life. We want to be set apart in that way, really push and break through prayer to contend and to release in that way. Now, whether you have jumped on this or not, I want you to know it's not too late. I don't think anybody was wanting to hear those words if that was you, but I'm just going to let you know it's not too late. <clears throat> There's a, a parable that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 20, and it's these people that come to work in a vineyard and the owner hires a group of people and they come and work and they start in the morning and a little bit later on he decides he needs a couple more and so he hires them and a little later on he hires more and you know he's, he's going all the way up until the day is almost done and then it comes time to pay and I would be just I just want to say I would be just like those who got hired at the beginning and I'd be thinking shoot if he's about to pay these people who only worked like the last 30 minutes, barely did anything, like they were like just a cleanup crew, and I was part of the setup crew, I went all the way through, I had a great attitude, I did it with excellence, like I'm going to be making bank, you know, I mean the money is just going to flow out towards me, and I would have a hard time with the fact that someone else, now, this is a terrible analogy, I don't know why I'm using it, because it actually, it sounds more <laughs> condemning. The scripture worked, but the way I'm using it doesn't quite work. The point being, in God's kingdom, not in my kingdom, he is more interested in all of us jumping on and being part of it than when we jumped on. Okay, And so it's not too late to say, you know what, I just want to give, even though 
some people have been on this already for two weeks to just say, you know what, this week, Lord, I want to pursue you more. I'm going to do seven days of pursuing you. And the idea is we're doing these things not to get something from God. We're doing it to be with God because we want him to come change us, change our minds. Yeah, each one of us has something where we want him to change our circumstances. But more than that, we want him to change us. And so uh, you can totally jump on that. I think we still have a couple of those books left over if you wanted to grab some of those, um, but really wanted to, to go through it. Now, lastly, is uh, one of the things in this is we're supposed to work on writing a decree where we, we come up with some scriptures, we look through them, and we write a decree. Now, this isn't actually my um, decree for this one. This was from a past thing I did, and it was actually called a dagger. Uh, But the idea is, is a scripture and a wording to where when you're in a situation where you're feeling um, maybe almost like Skylar was talking about uh, those evenings that he had. And you just need something to build your faith to get you through when you're feeling a little weak. So mine came out of um, Isaiah 61.1. The verse is, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. Come on, it's good. It's a great verse. And that's a verse for all of us. So I wrote it kind of, and this is part of the decree thing, is we're taking those verses and we're writing something for ourselves. I know my decree this time around is going to be about the that that God will never leave nor abandon me. I mean, as soon as I got to that part of the book, I just knew that's what it didn't even take me a split second to just all of a sudden I knew that's what I have to write. because I have this fear of that and I need something where I can go back to scripture and multiple scriptures and declare, have a decree that no, regardless of what I see or what I experience, he will never leave. He will never abandon. He will always be with me. So on this one, I wrote, I am called and anointed by God to bring him glory with great joy. Now, I've put this up here before. I came home from this little retreat where I wrote this and uh, my wife and my kids looked at it and said, no, you didn't do that. The handwriting's too nice. I know you might be looking at it and saying the handwriting's terrible, but for me, that was really good. I spent a lot of time doing it. Uh, I show how creative I am by... Um, I've obviously walked through Better Home or through uh, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond and looked at all those different posters you put over your toilet where they do it in different fonts and different boldnesses. And so was really channeling that. And so they're like, there's no way this is you. There's no way this is you. And then finally, my wife Tamar says, oh, no, it is him. And all the kids were like, what do you mean? How can you tell? She's like, because he misspelled the word anointed. And that's... Uh, <clears throat> That's just my little signature piece is that there's a double N in the word anointed. So if you ever want to know if something is truly or original from me, just look for some misspellings and you'll be like, ah, no, this really is him. He's the one that did it. But if you've written one of, if you've written a decree, I would ask that you would email it to me. I would love to see what it is um, that you feel God's saying to you and what it is. And so my email's on there really small, so if you get out your phone and magnify it, you'll see it, but it's uh, Peter S. Now, that's not because I believe that I own City Harvest Church. It's not possessive. It's just that my last name happens to start with the letter S, so it's not Peter's 
City Harvest. It's just Peter S at cityharvestchurch.com. But if you, uh, how many of you have written a decree or are currently working on it? Okay, so I would love for all of you that raise your hand to email that to me. All right, here we go. So we are going through, you guys following me? I'm sorry, I'm kind of rattling through this. Um, I'm trying to stay kind of mellow. Uh, the first Sunday of this month, I think I was too mellow. The second Sunday of the month, my kids were like, dear God, Dad, what were you up to? You're hiding under the table. You're leaping all around like you're a little over top. Yesterday, or last Sunday, my son tells me, he's like, that was a really good kind of in-between between that first Sunday and the second <laughs> Sunday. You kind of really fell on your groove. Um, I don't know what I'm doing today, but we're doing something. So we're looking at the Lord's Prayer, and we're kind of taking um, a verse at a time and going through. So if you put that up, and we kind of started actually at the end, and we're working through it. And uh, so today we're going to be focusing on the may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But let's read through this together. So you guys, we're going to use our breath. We're going to use our words to read through this together. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This is an amazing prayer. And uh, given the fact that who taught it to us, I think it's a good idea to learn the prayer. Jesus teaching it to his disciples. Now, not so much just learning it word for word, but learning what does each element stand for. And that's kind of what we're looking at um, is we're declaring who God is. We're saying God, you are holy. It's what we were seeing. We're calling on his kingdom to come, right? Or this is an act of surrender, his will to be done in our lives here on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking that, that he nourishes us. He gives us what we need for the day, but not just so you and I are happy, but so that we can actually walk and be and do what he's called us to. We're also saying, Lord, forgive us our mistakes. But God, help us to forgive those who've hurt us, those that have done things to us. Help us to resist temptation. God, help us to be aware and vigilant, and, and um, God, deliver us from when things come to attack us. So today we're looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. May your kingdom come soon, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So three main parts. His kingdom coming, that his will would be done here and in and through us. Many times, again, it's easy, almost like we prayed for life last week. And it's easy to pray about things out there. But God wants us to start here. Before I can try to change anything around me, it has to start here. It has to start inside of me. I remember growing up in church and going to youth group and, man, Several times a year, we'd just be praying for revival, and everyone's just praying for it. But we were never really thinking about what does that mean for me? What role do I have in it besides just being at a prayer meeting? There's that saying, you know, if you want to see revival come, draw a circle 
on the floor, step into the circle and pray for revival to come to the circle. And when the revival comes to the circle, you'll see revival take place. Because it happens out of the the overflow of what God is doing inside of you and I. So three questions to consider. Whose kingdom are you building? When we really think of it, whose kingdom are we focused on? How much time do we spend looking at, um, you know, say our retirement and our portfolio and, and the, the different things that we're, we're saving up for and the different things we're buying and, and the vacation we're planning for and all of this compared to how much time are we spending thinking about the internal kingdom? Preparing ourselves, going and, and sharing with others. Whose kingdom are we building? When we pray, whose will are we wanting to be done? Ours or his? Are we asking, Lord, I don't like this situation I'm in, but I need your will. I want your will to be done, even if it's not exactly what I would want to see take place. Or am I believing that if God really comes and intervenes, it's going to happen exactly the way I would want it to happen? That if, if he really loves me, he's going to, basically, he's just looking for me to draw the map and say, Here, here's, what, here's what I need you to do. Do this exact thing. Or are we wanting his will to be done? The last one, what would it look like for his kingdom to come in your life as it is in heaven? If the kingdom of God, if we really pray this, and he told us to, if we really pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. And if that actually started to happen with you and I, what would that look like? How would we act differently? How would I talk differently? How would my decisions be differently if I really looked at things that way? So looking at may your kingdom come soon. You know, this isn't a a request. It's really a prayer of alignment and a prayer of surrender. Jesus is going to, you know, Jesus is going to come back when Jesus comes back. So me fasting and praying isn't going to speed up the clock on that. That's part of his eternal plan. His kingdom exists. So I'm not praying his kingdom into existence. The kingdom of heaven is there. In a lot of ways, what I'm saying is, Lord, I want... I want to see your kingdom begin to rise right here where I live. I want your kingdom to rise in Vancouver, Washington. I love my Vancouver, Washington merch because I love this city. This isn't the city I was born in, but it's the city I've been placed in. And so I love it because I believe God loves this city. I believe God loves the people of this city. And I want to see his kingdom come. I want to see, not because I want to see people I don't like get his judgment, but because I want to see the people I don't like receive his love. I want them to receive his forgiveness. I want them to realize that what they're fighting against is something inside of them, and he comes and he wants to love on them. He wants to heal them. He wants to sit with them. He wants to care for them. We want his kingdom to come. We're submitting our ways to his ways. I'm submitting my kingdom for his kingdom. Each one of us, the more we pursue Jesus, there are going to be things he asks us to let go of, to chase after him. 
I've been amazed at how much he's asked me to let go of. I think he went a little overboard. <clears throat> I don't quite understand why he felt like I had to let go of so much. But you know, it's interesting. I've also been amazed how then after doing it and fully letting go of it, how he comes back and he brings it back in a new way. And it doesn't happen. I, we, we did a message here. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything that I hoped for. Many times that's our walk with, with God. It doesn't sometimes happen exactly the way we pray it. But when we truly surrender, the way he comes around and, and supports us is exactly what we wanted. You know, Jonah was called to go to Nineveh. And uh, he, instead of going to Nineveh, he got on a, a boat and headed the exactly the opposite direction. So he got in the water, headed out instead of walking in because he didn't like the people of Nineveh. He couldn't stand them. He didn't want God to save them. He didn't want anything to take place. All these things happen. Most of you have you know, heard the story. You know that he, he went and he's sleeping and the waves come and the storm comes and everyone else is trying to figure out what's taking place. Like, why is God mad at us on this boat? And, and so they figure out that it's Jonah. And so then later on, they throw Jonah off. Instantly, the water's calm. The fish comes. Tell you what, again, I don't like sci-fi. I've told you that before. It's really weird to live in a fish, but hey, that's the way he wants to do it. Um, how many of you have ever thought it'd be kind of cool to live in a fish for a little bit? He then goes and he goes there and he starts kind of declaring who God is and God's judgment. And what happens is the people stop rebelling and they decide to turn to God and they repent. And God begins to forgive and to, to, to bless them. Now Jonah's ticked off because he doesn't want them to receive God's kindness. So he goes, he goes down to the beach and he's sulking. Anybody here ever sulk? Okay, I'm, a, I'm an amazing sulker. And he goes down because it's not going the way he wanted it to go in his mind. Now he's bothered because it's hot out there. And so God causes a plant to grow and to shade him. And now Jonah's feeling comfortable and feeling like kind of like, okay, this is okay. And then God uses a worm to come and eat up the plant. And the, the heat comes and the plant dies. And now Jonah's cursing it and he's mad at God because the plant. And God uses it as an illustration to him that, dude, you had nothing to do with that plant coming. You didn't plant it. You didn't water it. You didn't create it. So why are you mad when it goes away? And he says, there's, I think it was like 120,000 people in Nineveh that I love. Why are you so mad that they're receiving my kindness? When we want God's kingdom to come, it goes beyond our minds. And we can't be ones that run away because we don't think the people deserve it little commercial and not everybody did it this way but there was a lot of people in the last couple years that left the state of Washington because they couldn't handle the political climate now again some were called by God to go somewhere else others just ditched because they couldn't handle it and to me it breaks my heart because these are God's people he didn't ask us just to go live where the political climate is nice he didn't ask us just to go where we feel super comfortable and everything just goes the way we want it to. That's our kingdom. His kingdom is, Lord, where do you want me to be? Once I get there, God, why do you have me here? I can't stand it. 
but why do you have me here? That's not my confession for where I'm at, but this is just an illustration. I'm acting, I'm in character. But Lord, why do you have me here? All right, that's why? Okay, how do you want me to go about that? What can I do in this place to not see things with my own eyes, but to see things the way that you see them? We're asking for his will to be done. In our Bible reading, we've been reading the last couple days about Joseph. Here he is. He gets, he gets uh, thrown into slavery from his, um, from his brothers, and they, they sell him off because they're jealous of him. He goes and he works for someone, and things start looking up for him. And uh, he then gets accused of something and um, gets thrown in jail, something that he didn't do. So now he's in jail. And so, I mean, it's just kind of like it gets, it's, sorry. I keep thinking I'm going to trip over one of these zip ties, but I'm just a little bit um, compulsive in that way. Anyway, the, uh, he, he's there, and so now he's in prison. He's feeling completely, so I mean, he's been sold by his family. He finally has a little bit of a break, and then all of a sudden gets accused of something, and now he's in prison. But he's been shown favor. God opens up favor for him, and he, he begins to kind of be a manager of the jail. Be a manager in there. And two guys have dreams. And he goes in, and, and, and he interprets the dreams. But he, he gives God the credit. He says, my God is in the business of interpreting dreams. My God can do this. He interprets them and he says, but when these come to pass, please remember me. So I don't just stay in this place. The dreams come to pass. One of the people lives, one of the person dies, the person that lives totally forgets him. It makes sense that the other guy forgot him, right? I mean, he died. But the one, and then two years later, Pharaoh has a dream and he can't figure it out. No one can help him. The guy remembers Joseph. So Joseph comes out of it. Joseph's life did not go at all the way he thought it was going to go. He spent years, years being neglected, being being alone, being pushed off. He's the one person in the Bible that I wish there was way more about him. I wish there was journalings that we would sometimes find in a clay pot somewhere and we would dig them up. And I would love to hear his heart in the way his mind was going. But somehow, I'm sure he had times of doubt. Somehow, though, he kept his mind pointing towards God. Because every time he was asked a question, he gave God glory and he gave God credit. So he stayed positive in that way. And then when, when blessing came to him, he didn't overuse it. He didn't overpower it. He walked in humility in what God was doing inside of him. He was walking in God's will being done in his life, not in his will being done in his life. He was walking in God's kingdom being done in his life, not his own kingdom coming. And I believe that is something that you and I are being called to, is to have that heart where we don't just do what's comfortable to us. We chase after whatever God wants, even when it's uncomfortable for us. And even when things don't change right away in our life, and we're praying for it, we're fasting for it, But again, we don't do those things to to shift God. We do it to align ourselves with God. 
We don't do it to win brownie points that maybe he'll change my circumstances because I'm so devoted. We do it that maybe my heart will be able to hear him a little more clearly and I will know what he's doing in this situation and I'll be able to represent him more in that way. On earth as it is in heaven. It's not our ways, it's not our ideas, it's not our power. It's God. It's God working in us. And uh, here right now we're going to we're going to actually do a little FaceTime. We're super tech savvy here at City Harvest. If you didn't know us, we're known for how tech savvy we are. <clears throat> if you do know us, that's why you just laughed. No. <laughs> um, but we have Isaac and Noel McKinley that were a part of our church for a really long time. And uh, you can wave at them. Can you guys hear us good? Yeah. Come on. So here's the deal. I wanted to hear an update from them. I want you to hear an update from them. But also to me, these two are an example of two people that had, Isaac had an amazing career making a lot of money, good money. He gave up that job because he felt called to come and work at the church. And his salary was cut more than in half. And they did that. And then after a couple years, they started to feel something. God's calling us to something more. And praying about it and trying to figure it out. And through a lot of different circumstances, they felt called to go to Detroit, Michigan. I don't know about you, but even during COVID, when people, there was a mass exodus, does anybody know anybody that was longing to go to Detroit, Michigan? <laughs> anybody? I've never heard that on someone's wish list, other than maybe my own, of a place to go. But what they did is it was about God's kingdom. It wasn't about how much money they would have in their bank account. It wasn't about how comfortable they felt. It was about what was God doing inside of them. Now, they're no, I'm not saying that to say that they're better than you and I. Because they're not, okay? I just want to say that right now. You're not. No. What's important is where has God called you to go? What is he, where did he place you? What neighborhood did he place you in? What job did he give you? What school did he put you in? And why did he put you there? What I love about them isn't that they're, they answered a greater call. It's that they answered their call. Yeah. And you and I can do the same thing. Because God is calling each one of us to represent him. He's calling us to be his hands and feet. He's calling us to go to our own Nineveh and not see people that we want to receive judgment. But he wants us to get on our knees and say, God loves you. He cares about you. I'm sorry for what happened in your life. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Make my words words of love. Give me hands of healing. Lord, I want to represent you. Okay, there's your intro, guys. Will you give us a quick little update? Woo! Go! <laughs>
Jesus and putting, you know, praying this prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, isn't always easy. And uh, I'm just getting emotional because I know I'm with you and I feel the gravity of it right now. But, uh, you know, not every moment has been easy coming here, but we know it's been right. And the beauty of the beauty of Jesus and our fellowship with him and our fellowship with you guys is that uh, no matter where we go, when he calls us, there's that comfort of his presence. And um, through the hard times, through the easy times, through the things that go well and the things that go poorly, there's the comfort of his presence. And so we report, we want you to know that, uh, yeah, there's things going on and we could give you a long list of updates. Uh, but there's, there's time for that. But just know that we are comforted by the Holy Spirit. Um, we are exactly where God wants us to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, I look over here out this window, and there's a, a Palestinian neighbor who doesn't know the Lord that we've talked to and told him why we're here, right? And I look out this window, and I actually see, um, I actually see a man who I met uh, divinely on the road, and uh, he was driving by and rolled down the window and actually introduced himself to me. And uh, he knows I love Jesus. He actually told me that he loves Jesus more than I do. And so he doesn't. That's clearly not true. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I laugh about that. But, uh, <laughs> but I just look and I see, you know, we have opened our, our lives to the will of God and to his kingdom just shining through us and he's put us in a place against our own we couldn't do this you know but through you and through his will and his providence he's put us in a place to be exactly where our hearts are most like i have such a deep love for these neighbors right now it's hard to express and so i know um that's how we feel and in detroit where it's hopeless we have such a heart and are praying so much that um, the glory of God would come and be manifest here, and uh, and He will, and we're confident in that, and the Holy Spirit's with us. So that's that's how we're doing. Um, Knowles, do you want to share how we're doing? Real quick? Sure. Um, so we're about month four now in uh, Dearborn, and it's been a whirlwind, uh, as you can see by our emotions. Um, We've really, you know, we've said yes to his kingdom coming and now we're just, we're just with him. We're just with Jesus and we're just praying for um, these people and we're praying that his will will be done and we're aligning our flesh and our heart and our mind with his kingdom. And it has felt like, not like to be super dramatic, but it's felt like, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. And and just being in a new place and, you know, learning new culture and the way of life, it's 
you know, you, we have to just be laid down for him. We just have to be surrendered to him. And so that's kind of been the last three months of just, um, just laying ourselves down and, and being with, here's Abraham, uh, and being with, with Jesus. And now we feel like he's now kind of taking us to this new step and say, just a second, Teddy, can you say hello? Hi. Um, yeah, just a minute, okay. That's okay. That's okay. Okay, one minute. Um, so anyways, we feel like we're kind of coming never out of that spot, but we're, we're feeling more like we're seeing his, his kingdom, his authority be established, you know, and at least in our area of prayer walking and, and, uh, where we go and walk around and stuff. And, um, so now we just feel like he's just like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst mm -hmm. after me for you shall be filled. And, um, so we just have this like hunger in our hearts. Uh, we're very unified in that. Like he's gotten to that place by himself and I've gotten to my place by myself. And, and we're unified in that just like hunger after me because the gospel is true. Mm -hmm. And he is the Lord of the harvest and, and his will will be done here on earth. And it's not by our might or our power, but by his. And so, yeah. you know, we're just fully aware of our, uh, our, where we fall short and where it has to be the gospel and it has to be the true gospel mm -hmm. and it has to be the power of the gospel that transforms the hearts of men. And so mm -hmm. that's where we're at. So we're just hungering for the Lord. We're uh, starting just daily disciplines and, yeah, we're, we're feeling good. Yeah. And, and can I, uh, can I just encourage you guys really quick? Do we have a second for that, Pete? Sure. Okay. Just real fast. Uh, just real fast. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One of the prayers God has been leading me into, I've been praying more than I've ever prayed in my life being here is God open me up like a window. Like, let me be a window to the kingdom of heaven that these people have never seen through. People say they know Jesus here. And, you know, my neighbor told me he loves Jesus. They know him differently. They don't know him as savior. They don't know him as personal friend. But my, my hunger and my thirst and what these people need whom God has called and God loves is they need you and, and they need me not to just pray a prayer, but to apply. I'm, I'm looking at Matthew chapter six right now. There's, there's a lot of red letters before this of how to be open windows, how to be salt and light, how to love your enemies, how to, how to, you know, thoughts on when you're angry, you know, the Beatitudes, all these red letters are how to open yourself up as a window to heaven. And my prayer and my prayer for you and my encouragement to us all is that the world needs us to shine, to allow the glory of heaven to come through us and to be seen where we go, that, that we would be manifestations of heaven's heart, of God the Father's heart to a lost and broken world. And he's given us the privilege to do it. He's given us the authority to do it. He's given us the assignment to do it. 
He's told us how to do it. And so my encouragement to you is open yourself up as wide as you can across every, every bridge of fear, every bridge of doubt. Let the Holy Spirit take you hand in hand and walk you through it and open you up as a window so that when people see your life, when they see your love for one another, when they see the community of City Harvest, they don't just see, they don't just see something they can, they can replicate somewhere else, but they see something of God. They see something of heaven. They see a kingdom that they want and need. And what a joy it is, you guys. I, I wish I could tell you all, I see your back of your heads right now, it's okay. <laughs> but I wish I could look you in the face and say, what a joy it is to be ambassadors of heaven. And so we, we here are in Detroit, and that's our prayer, and that's my encouragement to you, is I just want to be an open window. I just want to be, I just want to be split open. I want to be torn in two. I want to be, I want people to see my eyes and see the reflection of Jesus Christ, not, not me, not Isaac, but one who's been laid down so that I might take him up. And in 1 John 4, uh, this verse just came to mind. And then, then I'll be done, Pete. And, and glory, hallelujah. 1 John 4. Um, verse 17. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is because as he is he is alive amen, amen. put right on it <laughs> because as he is so also are we in this world we need transformation in our heart. We need our minds to be disciplined and focused so that we can be ambassadors of heaven. We're in Detroit, and that's our prayer. We're loving people the best we know how, and, uh, and we're doing it, and we're going for it. And I encourage you guys, go for it. Open yes. yourself up. Let's be the kingdom. Yes. Come on. Isaac and Noel, we, uh, we do honor you guys, though. And um, you have given up a lot. And I believe that God is going to open up a lot of doors for you, and he's going to bless you. Um, and I really think, you know, it might not happen exactly the way you think, but there's going to be fruit from what you've given up. And it's not going to just be for naught. But you guys, if you're able, will you stand to your feet? We're going to sing a song it's called Where You Are. What we're going to do is, what I want to ask is that we make this our prayer, that we want to be where God is. Then part of the way through the song, we're going to stop real quick and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. We're not, but we're not, again, just like we did last week, we're not praying for that to happen somewhere else. We're not praying just for that to happen in government. No, it has to start in you and I. Let's get it going on inside of us. That we would treat others the way that Jesus has treated us. 
Let's stand with Isaac and Noel and pray for his kingdom to come, his will to be done there in Detroit. I wanted to play this so you could see their faces, so they could see the back of your beautiful heads. I also wanted to play this because I felt like it went along with what we're doing today and that we align ourselves and we stand with them. We lock, we lock arms and we go into this together. So let's make this our prayer.